The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. The Friday football feast continues on the Carmen and Yurko Show. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Berwick. Brought to us by Miller Lite. Great time out here at uh, B-Dubs in Berwyn. Good to be back near the uh, old stopping grounds. Next week, Tinley Park, right, Adam? Yurko will be back. Peggy, thank you for the last couple of days. Thanks to Mike North for joining us today. Uh, Black and Kevin Zipak back at the shop. Adam was here with us at Buffalo Wild Wings in Berwyn. Thanks to Josh and Emma and everybody who came out and all the great folks at Miller Lite and Buffalo Wild Wings. Fun time today. Today was a very fun show. Yeah, we had some interesting conversations. We did. Well, we always do, Peg. Uh, Eberflus will meet the media coming up. We'll carry that live. Waddle and Sylvie are ready for a crosstalk. They're going to get you home 2-6 to six today. Crosstalk's brought to you by Club Hawthorne. Celebrate Oktoberfest all month with Sam by a beer. Get a free bet every Friday. See HawthorneBettingBars.com for details. Hey, boys. I was doing my uh, impression of Yurko on Sundays, watching horse racing while <laughs> oh my god, Peg's I mean, trying really. to chart the game. So funny. No, yeah, so good. You, you, you have to add. You have to add to it. You know, I got twenty on this one. I'm up two hundred. If I can get this, and yeah, you he's, know he's watching the game out of his yes. you know side view. Yes, totally. corner of his eye. Yeah. That's all he needs. When you're a football savant like Yurko, you only need one eye. Exactly. Tom, Tom uh, I don't know if you heard when Carbon brought up. Your observation of Joaquin Iglesias, Joaquin Iglesias. Yep. and we were saying how how you guys, you know, when you watch a game with the next player, the things you guys see that that we don't see, but we were curious. What do you do? You know what the scouting report was on you? Small, slow, and friendly. That was the small, uh, seriously. Slow and that was friendly. no. That was what Dan Hampton said about me one time That's in awesome. practice when I was a rookie. He pulled me aside. And he goes, kid. You're small, slow, and friendly. That's no combination for this league. So you, you better get bigger, stronger, or meaner. One or the other. That is oh, so, my God. That is so now, good. He was joking, kind of. Not kind totally. Of. Yeah, kind partially. of. Partially. Uh, listen, Peg, this is what I will tell you about Iglesias. This is why it was such an easy, like, I'm, I'm no, you know, the, you know, huge expert on it. He was trying to run in-breaking routes, cutting off his inside foot. And he was trying to run out breaking routes, cutting off his outside foot. That's all oh you needed to God. see? I saw him try to run a slant route, the first route, and I saw him do it. And I said, okay, I'm just going to bite my tongue for a second here. <laughs> I saw him do the same thing again four minutes later. I was like, guys, no. this, this won't work. That ain't going to work. It won't oh my work. God. It's not going to work. I mean, just so you can take some technique things that guys use. And even if you could be the greatest athlete on the face of the planet, if you're not, right, you know, adept at your position, yeah. it's why a lot of quarterbacks may have a ton of talent, but if they don't know how to play the position yeah. in an efficient manner, at times they struggle. I think it's the biggest, like, scariest thing about Caleb Williams because he has all those yeah. talents and tools that you talk about, Tommy, but, yeah. like, the mechanics are an issue uh, uh, when things break down. And if you're, if you're sort of, like, mechanically or fundamentally not doing what you're supposed to be doing like like you said that's 
that's hard to really excel at the at the it highest is. level then, right? It is. Like, because think about it. Think about how talented these guys are. If you think you're just going to line up and bull rush Jim, you, you, you know, uh, Jimbo Covert, you're out right. of your mind. Right. Like, Jimbo not only is a great player, but he's got technique. If you're not using proper technique and you yeah. just rely on being big, fast, and strong, you're not going to get there. That's why so many, there's so many examples of guys who are tremendous athletes, but ultimately, if you don't pair that with also being able to be a player, that you you won't get to where you want to go. It's the guys that are great athletes and also have the technique and the desire and work hard at it. Those are the guys that are the best. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, boys. So what's up on a fun Friday? Well, we, we got, got the you, injury report right now. You got it. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Sylvie. Well, Brisker uh, is questionable, but the the bad news is is he did not practice all week. That's He's not good. Sick, he, right? he was out again today with the illness. Did they say what it, it was? Is it mono? Did he catch mono? Well, from uh, we're going to hear from Eberflus here coming up uh, in five minutes, so that means no, Peggy. He will not say what it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's got yeah. the diarrhea. No, I don't yeah. know. I don't um, know I've got the diarrhea. Courtney was telling us, though, that he had been there. So mm. whatever so that it is, it's well, not that like would be mono. mono. It's not, not mono. mono. It's not COVID or anything like that. No, right. Um, Dan Feeney has been upgraded uh, to fold today. He's listed as questionable, but not interested. Uh, that's yeah. the coaching. That's the coaching note next to it. We're just not interested in playing him. Eddie yeah. Jackson is is uh, questionable, but he was a full participant today. Uh, wow! Give me Let's some Darnell Wright else. news. Give me some Darnell Darn- Wright was full today. Nice, and he is he does not have a, a designation. Good. That's which good. Is good. Awesome. Oh. Yes, that's good. Wow. Look, and that's not like Peggy said. That doesn't mean he's not hurt. No. The guy's you, probably no, playing through yeah, an injury, right. but that, yeah. good Carmen, for him. You're, you're a film study guy. That, you that can, dude is yeah. tough. You can yeah. see him playing with yes. one arm on a yeah. number yeah. of plays, yeah. which and is amazing. And he was limping all week in the locker room, too. Can yeah. I play you guys something, too? And this goes into Darnell Wright. Is it the Philly fans again from yesterday? Because yeah. I love that. So <laughs> can we play that again? This is, this is Kyle Long talking about Jenkins and Wright. Um, and, and, again, if like I know there were people, and including you, Carm, about the whole uh, Jalen Carter stuff, and and I no, I don't I listen I I understand why they passed on Carter right, I right. totally do and, I do okay, but if you get a player like Darnell Wright and the way he's trending as far as looking like you're you've always pointed this out that Yurko from the day day one always told you that he is a good player he yes. could tell right away yep. And not only does he look like he's a good player, he looks like he's a tough player. Yes. That he's been playing through injuries. He And Joniak said it last week. You could tell that he was playing through one arm. Yes. With one arm, like uh, playing with a bad arm, but yet he gutted it out. There's something to be said about that. Listen uh, to Kyle Long on uh, PMT. It was on Pardon My Take. Um, and this was in today's episode. There's some good stuff with Kyle Long that we pulled from our buddy Barstool, Big Cat's uh, our podcast today. Take a listen to this. One group of guards that I really like, or at least the guard tackle combination, is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I love it. They've got a guy named Tevin Jenkins, who's an ass kicker. He is a, a mood setter. If in he the can stay healthy, game. he's legit. Darnell Wright has been awesome. Has been great for the Chicago Bears. Um, and you put a big tight end next to him, and now you have a three-man wall where you can just wash the backside of a run uh, run play. <laughs> And I think that's really underappreciated. I'm glad you asked about the inside guy. And Mercedes Lewis is that tight end he's talking about. Despite yep. him being 64 years old, yep. he still moves people. Yep. He moves people yep. off the ball. He's one of the best blocking uh, tight ends I've seen in a long time. 
The thing about Tevin is, is he's a fabulous player. You hope that over the course of his career, not only that he stays healthy, but he's willing to go out there even when things aren't a hundred percent right, because nobody's ever hundred percent like Darnell Wright. Like Darnell Wright. Yeah, good call. Yeah, Tevin is exceptional when he's on the field, and yeah, and and Yurko has been. You're right, Sylvie. Like he has said, don't worry about him. He's going to be really, really good. Uh, and that's great. You know, I, I get why the Bears were scared off of Jalen Carter. I would have been scared off. Now, you watch him and you go, sweet Jesus. I mean, <laughs> he's unbelievable. I okay. mean, like, he is legitimately unbelievable. But if you like, have a really good player, too, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. It's, it's what sucked about um, the, the whole thing with Mitch is that Mitch sucked. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you would have gotten a really good quarterback and it wasn't as – it wasn't this generational quarterback, but he was really, really good. We would have lived through it. Yep. It wouldn't have been known as the son of a Mitch Paul. Yep, you're right. But now, son now, of a Mitch! If you walk away with a 10-year right tackle that's oh, a stud. Who's a stud? I, I don't think I'll ever say, oh, we could have had Jalen Wright. Or Jalen, Jalen Carter. Carter. No. Now, you can acknowledge Jalen Carter's awesome, but you're right. You'll never say, like, boy, they flubbed that. Because I like the process. The process made sense to me. Me too. Me too. I agree with you. Just don't watch Eagles games. Just stay away from them. No, you can watch them and just know he's awesome. Darnell Wright graded out this week as the third best tackle on the on wow. any offensive line, Did it? with one yeah. arm, uh, mostly because of the pass block, uh, the yeah. uh, ru- the run rush block. block I would yeah. think, yeah, the run blocking. Yeah. Against, His against, run blocking was exceptional against one of the better players who rushes the passer. Well, I don't think his pass block grade was that good, to be honest. I think his run block grade I was know, exceptional. Carm- I don't think many of their pass block grades were good. That's kind of the, 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 the hidden conversation here. As good as they were running the football, yeah. their pass blocking issues were yeah. still there. They were present. I think you're right. I mean, there's, um, and there's I can give you the plenty of examples too, yeah. of it uh, on film. Their run, and, and you're not wrong, Tommy. I mean, like, their run blocking really was something. And it's why, like, Peggy and I talked about it. I kept wondering at some point in the game, like, Boy, you got them on their heels. When do you dial up something down the field? When yeah, you dial I up that a was double a good move? Idea on your but, they, but at the same time, like maybe when you're kicking ass the way you are, you're just like, "F it, we got a three touchdown lead, or you know, like we got a comfortable lead. We're mauling them." Like I still like a little sluggo now. And again. I do too. I'm with you, you Tommy. Know? But like maybe they're just maybe he, they, they assess the situation. Big lead, young rookie, you know, undrafted no, right. kid, like. Let's just let's I'm, just do what we're doing. Now, you might taking, have to do some of that this week. I'm not taking have... points off their grade. Not at right. all. I'm just yeah. saying, though, when you made that suggestion on Sunday at the time, I was, was You like, were all in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Waddle's like, give me a sluggo. Give me a sluggo. Hit me with a little slant and go. Absolutely. Uh, here, let me see if I can find the grades from last week uh, real quick. And by the way, I think the pro football focus grades have gotten better from yeah. my perspective because the guy I think who's doing a lot of them used to be offensive line coach with the Bengals. Is it like Paul Anderson or something like that? And well, and you know, Yurko would agree with you. You know how cynical and critical he is of everything. He agrees with you, Tommy. He more than ever will at least consider what they're saying because he thinks they've honed it yes, to have. where you can really sort of look at those numbers and start to believe in Carm, them. Carm, I don't mean it. I don't mean it in a snotty fashion in any way, shape, or form. Because there's plenty of really smart football people that didn't coach or didn't play, but. When you're talking about grades, it's so important to know what you're predicting, what you think this player is being asked to do in this scheme. And we don't always know. But if you've got a guy like, I think his name is Paul Anderson, who was the 
Bengals yeah, offensive line right. coach, there's a really good chance that he's got a better feel than most because he's been in those rooms and in those, yeah. you know, those game plan sessions. So I think, he, I think there's more validity to what they're giving you grade-wise these days. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right about Darnell Wright. Yeah, his pass, pass the pass block grade was rough. But Tom's, yeah. uh, Waddle's not wrong. Like, they... They did. None of them were really that of great were. last week. You know who bounced back last week? And I think the eye test says this too, and PFF would agree. Cody. Yeah. Well, like, he's most comfortable at left guard. Can't play him at center. Can't play him at center. Can't do it. Yeah. And I can't you know, do it. Can't. Yeah, right. Can't do it, Sylvie. I love that yesterday. I think Lucas Patrick probably bounced back grade wise as well. I don't know. Because he was mic'd up. We should mic him up every game. Absolutely. Maybe you know that he's on mic. Mic him up. It was a ballsy move, wasn't it? To knowing that Lucas Patrick is not a good player. To mic him up? <laughs> like, That's a ballsy move on uh, CBS's part. If it, if well, no, the Bears' part. If if he, oh, if oh was, the Bears? Who did it? I mean, like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know who Inside the NFL? Is that That's a Bears funny. thing? If Cody I don't had turned them down, or Lucas had turned them down, I think next up was Cairo Santos. So. <laughs> he could do worse. I'm telling you, I'll make a case to you right now that Cairo Santos, over the last year plus, has been their most consistent oh, yeah. player. I know. He hit that slump last year with the extra points. He did. Yes. And but yeah, how many that. touchdowns are you even scoring with that offense? So yeah. the extra point isn't that meaningful. <laughs> Touche. Touche. I mean, come you, on. Do you guys, um, are you guys buying the notion about how difficult the spot might be for the Bears because of how desperate this Charger nah, team is like? Desperate schmestrate. Yeah? What's that? I don't know yeah. what I just said. If, if the Chargers were to lose... They probably want him fired, don't they? Mm. I don't think they're firing anybody out there if they lose. You don't think so, no. if they lose? Okay. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see a replacement on the staff. That's why I, I well, wonder. Uh, well, look, but... look I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to weave together something you guys did yesterday with Connor with something in one of our... You know, what somebody else I've, we've talked to has said as well. Okay, you gave us the stat yesterday that the, the list of quarterbacks that have actually beaten. Connor did that. Connor yeah, did that. A yeah. Matt Eberflus coach team was yes. not very impressive. It's pretty This awful. kid, despite the fact that he hasn't been playing great football, is better than all of those guys combined. Yeah. And look, they're 2-4, oh, but totally. they've lost to the Chiefs, they've lost to the Cowboys, they've lost right. to the Dolphins. I think that there's more talent there than what they've actually produced in terms of the record. Yes. So if you told me that they, at some point, they're going to put a complete game on the field for three hours or something close to that, yes. I could buy it. They're a better team than the Bears. Correct. Now, I'm inclined to take the points, but I picked the, the Chargers to win this game. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm picking the Chargers to win this game as well. And they've been very underwhelming. I they mean, have. Uh, uh, like By three. They win by three. They win. Like, when they win, they win by three. When they yeah. lose, they, yeah, they lose right. by four. Yeah. yeah. Sylvie's right. It's like every, everything is Coming the same. Coming up on 60 minutes. Exactly. Whoa, wait. Did he just throw another pick? Everything's the same. <laughs> it, I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it? It's just year after it, year. I think it picked him to lose, like, 27-23. So, I even, the four points. I, I'm taking the points, but... It's a Bears cover. There's a lot of talent in, in Charger uniforms right now. There, there just is. is. And the quarterback's talented. He just hasn't played like it right and now. And look, I, I'm I'm very excited to see what Bajent does. I'm not going to predict that he's going to have a 400-yard passing game. I'm not going to predict that he implodes. Um, we got Eberflus ready to okay. go. All right, guys. All right. Have a great, have a great weekend. weekend. Peggy, I'll see, see you, you Sunday here. You got it. All see right. you guys. Let's go on to House Hall. Matt Eberflus is meeting the media. The trainers, all that. You know, we're just uh, getting them going. Um, through his 21-day window. So right now, we'll see where it is for next week. 
How did he look when you saw him this week? Um, trainers say he's working working good, you know, so it's good. Um, again, like I said, we'll see. We'll talk about that more next week. We don't know exactly where he is in terms of like the movements and all those things, but uh, with the trainer, he's, he's he's working good. So no go this week. Then. No go this week. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll figure it out next week. Thank you. Do you expect Jaquan to be able to get healthy enough? To yeah, Jaquan. Jaquan really is a situation where he's been ill, you know, the whole week. So uh, he was in the building today, which was great. You know, we got a chance to see him and. Uh, you know, everything subsided, but he was a little bit, you know, so we'll see where it goes. We're trying to get him to the game. Uh, we'll see where it is, and uh, we'll go from there. But still, we got some time. You know, it's a night game, so we'll see where it goes. What happened with him? What was the timeline, Jaquan? What was the – because he played Sunday, he seemed good Sunday afterwards. Yeah, he just got – he got sick. You know, he got sick. He had an illness, you know, so um, you know, right around – was uh, Monday or Tuesday, I believe. I don't know the exact day, but um, he's been, he was sick, and – We'll see where he goes. You know, we're obviously hopeful that he comes back, and he's played a lot of ball for us, and, and uh, we'll see where it is. You guys kept him out of the building the last two days? He just first day in the building was here, was today. Yeah, was that just because he wasn't well, feeling well, or there was concern about it spreading, whatever he has? He was sick. Yeah, he's just sick. The old, he was ill. So if he's feeling well, you'd be comfortable with him playing, even if he hasn't practiced? Yeah, if we, if we feel that he can get, we can get him into the – into the game and you know get him there. We'll see what capacity that may be based on how he's feeling. Um, but we're going to give him every chance we can to uh, to get to the game for sure. How are you feeling about Darnell Wright and uh, his shoulder? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, he's uh, working well. Did a nice job this week. Uh, he's got his strength back in that shoulder. And, uh, you know, obviously that's a, that's an injury where you got some pain in there. So we'll see where it is. But uh, uh, he was uh, really working well this week, you know, so we're uh, pleased with where he is. Eddie's foot trending in the right direction. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's he's getting close. Um, again, we got some time, uh, but he, he is uh, trending in the right direction. Looked a lot better this week than he did last week, and uh, we like where he is too. Man, you guys have talked a lot about what you saw in Tyson Bajan when he was a draft prospect. Ryan and Ian have talked about that. But what did your staff do well once you got him here? Yeah, I would just say that uh, you know. You know, we teach everybody, you know, the scheme, you know, and that's an important piece, you know, and you teach them the concepts and, you know, the each player grasps those concepts differently at a different pace. And I think what they do well is they understand the differences of the player, of how they grasp the concepts. And he's one of the guys that grasps it fast. So he was able to chunk, like I've said before, a bunch of information, you know, in a fast period of time. You know, so he was able to learn more, you know, of the playbook, you know, faster than, than a lot of people, you know, so that's really important that, you know, the, you have that capacity as a quarterback. And uh, you know, I think it's because he played a lot of ball. I think he understands concepts. I think it's very important to him to work extra hard at it and uh, outside the building. And I thought that, that that's really what the, the, the coaches did well is understanding the process of how each individual learns and according, you know, also, you know, Beijing, of course. What did you guys change with his mechanics or what did you work on with him? The player you got, if we saw a video of him throwing right now from yeah. April and looked at him throwing the other day, how different? Yeah, just tight. What did you guys? Yeah, do? just tightening it up. You know, uh, really just the tightening of the of the footwork. You know, and getting the ball out quicker. Um, and again, he got it out quick. He's got a quick release, but you can tighten those things up in terms of his platform, his footwork, keeping him inside the frame, and uh, you know, working on 
what number of hitches this this is for this particular throw for that particular throw, and uh, he's done a good job with that. What has uh, Justin Fields told you and the, the trainers in terms of his progress? Where is he? Where is he staying? Right? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, he's progressing. You know, we're 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 happy with where he is, and uh, again, he's working with the trainers still um, this week, and uh, we'll give a better update on Monday. So there's been real improvement, though. Yeah, from- yeah he's done. He's done well. Yep. Has he tried to throw? Yeah, he's working with the trainers. I'm not going to get into throwing, not throwing, all that. But he's he's working with the trainers, and again, we'll get an idea of where he is coming up uh, on Monday. Watching Tyson this week, do you uh, do you see some? Watching Tyson this week, do you see him ready to take a, a leap from where he was last week? You know, he's he's uh, you know obviously last week was his first week, you know, and had that game plan there, and uh, we thought he did a really nice job of executing that game plan. Now, you know, of course, every single week's different. You know, you got a different set of uh, circumstances in terms of defensive scheme you're facing. Uh, this defense is, is different than, than the last one. And uh, our, our setup is a little bit different. You know, so the protections are different. You know, the motions, the shifts, you know, how it looks, play, play concepts are different. You know, so and that's every week. You know, so now he's got to transition to week two. And uh, we're excited about his opportunity for him doing that this week. How much do you expect Roshan to factor into the running back rotation on Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it'll it'll be something that we look at. You know, something that we look at. We're certainly pleased that he's back. Um, it's an exciting piece for us, not only for running back, but also for you know special teams. He has he has a big role in that way too, and uh, we'll see where it is. We'll discuss that later today. What's your history with her facing Herbert? What do you uh, take away from that? I guess from. Yeah, I would. I would just say games. I think you played against. Him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a very talented player. Um, you know, he's done a really good job of uh, you know working through you know in terms of having different skill there available to him. Um, and he's really got a super strong arm. I mean, he can throw the side pockets you know on a rope. You know, so they come out a lot of it a little faster and stronger than most people. You know, so he makes you defend the whole part of the field. Um, you know, so you know it's always a challenge when you face an elite quarterback like that. There's a lot of times where if you, as a as a defensive coach, coordinator, um, take away the run and you make the quarterback one-dimensional, you make him throw 40, 50 times a game, that is usually something that you want with him. If you get him throwing 40 times, is, that's not necessarily a good thing, I guess. Yeah, I think it, it depends on the flow and the pace of the game, you know, where the game's going. Um, you know, certainly it changes every week. You know, sometimes you have a guy, you know, like for Washington, we, they passed every down in the last, in the second half, you know, so it's, it depends how the how the game is managed on either side and how, how what the flow is. You know, you got to adjust accordingly your tactics and how you how you call the game. How comfortable are you with Tyson in that kind of situation, this shootout situation? Um, it, you know, of course he's you know, like I said on Monday, he's thrown the ball seven thousand times, so I think he'll be okay. You know, so we'll see we'll see how it goes and uh, we'll see the flow of the game. Matt, what's your appreciation for what Tevin's been able to do in terms of just going wherever you guys need him to be? Yeah, it's it's really it's really been good. You know, he's a very talented young man, and uh, I think, uh, you know, he's, you know, the being a professional is important to him. You know, you can see that, how he's, how he's starting to grow that way, and uh, being reliable for his, his, his other offense alignment, you know, and being accountable. Um, that's very important to him, you know. So uh, we're pleased with it, where he is, and he was uh, all in with the move back and forth. And, and again, he's got to have some functional intelligence to be able to do that. And we were fortunate that he was able to play that position before. It's been something that he's done, had a lot of reps at. Um, so it was good. He was really, Tevin was really at a crossroads, I think, last training camp where when you guys came in, 
want, taking him out of the spot where he'd been drafted to play, like the premier spot on the offensive line, and having to not, not just play a different position, but really accept and embrace that. Why do you think Tevin went that way when a lot of other guys might not have? I, I just really feel that he felt home inside there you know i really do because uh he felt you know like he could excel in there and you know chris morgan and steckel and cable do a great job with those guys you know being able to cross train those guys but you know when you have a big person in there a big body like that in the inside of the pocket man that's a luxury you know usually don't have that with that's got length it's got size it's got mass to be able to protect the inside you know because that's where a lot of times you can dent the pocket you know and he's obviously uh, really good in terms of, you know, being strong in there and, and being able to protect the inside. Going back to off that question with Tevin's professionalism, how have you, have, is that something that you've seen change in him since you got here, the professionalism? I think he's just growing, you know, the, the confidence, you know, when he went inside, I think that's all part of it, you know, um, and, and the, just the, the experience part of it, you know, so understanding the protections, understanding the run game, you know, f- you know understanding where he fits in terms of the, the football team and how he helps the football team win. You know, so to me, that's it. That was really, you know, neat to see um, with him and, you know, and see him grow that way and see his confidence grow. So it's uh, it's been it's been good. Has Bajan surprised you at all in how he's owned the opportunity? Like a lot of guys talking about his moxie and then he's, you know, gets a, you know, he gets a run play and he's going like this to the crowd and then you give him the game ball and he's already talking about next week. Has any of that sort of the way he's commanded it, the leadership part of it surprised you? Uh, it hasn't surprised me. No, um, he's been that way. You know, he's been that way. So he's, uh, you know, been in command. You know, since he's, you know, since the injury. You know, with Justin, and and he's taken on that role. And I think he's done a really good job of that. You know, you don't really see him as a, you know, when you see him there talking to the offense. You know, like the night before after they do first fifteen and all those things, and a walkthrough. He's brings them all up in there, and he's, you know, like a like an NFL quarterback. You know, so it was. And it's because of his functionality, right? He can function. He can spit the calls out. You know, he can rip the calls. He knows where everybody's supposed to be. Um, so the command part is a big piece of that. You know, I think he gets a lot of confidence from that. Thanks, Matt. All right, there's a uh, supersized uh, Matt Eberflus press conference right there. Lot of, it's thrilling. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. On this football Friday, they had a lot to ask him today. A lot of Tevin. It was a Jason Leisure show there for a while. With uh, Tevin Jenkins feature, uh, and he is playing well, and he is super, super important for this team. A lot of questions about Tyson Bajan, who will start his second game of his career, Sunday Night Football. Uh, Mike Tirico joined us yesterday, told us that he will be, as far as he's concerned, the number one story, at least heading into the game. Some intrigue here. Um, we we did a couple of uh, interviews before the show. By the way, Braxton Jones will not play this week. Yeah, that was the big news uh, going in to the press conference right when we brought it in, that he's working with the trainers, and he's got the window uh, coming off of IR. He's a no-go this week, and they're going to work uh, for next week. He's coming off that neck injury. So that that's a bummer because it would have been nice to get both of your tackles back with Darnell right at the right side. Who's a non-designation? He is. He's not listed as questionable or anything. He is. He did not practice on Wednesday. Was limited yesterday. Was full today. No designation. He's ready to go. Um, and it would have been nice to have um, Braxton Jones ready to go at left tackle. Yeah, I've had enough of the Larry Borum experiment. Me but too. It's going to be another too. week. Um, we did a couple of interviews before the show. Doug Kazarian, as always. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, we recorded before the show. We're going to air that at 5 o'clock. 
if you're unfamiliar with Daniel Jeremiah, he does in a lot of national shows. Uh, he works for the NFL Network. He does the Move the Sticks podcast. And he's a former scout in the league as well. Does a lot of draft work. He's also the uh, color analyst for the Chargers on the radio. Really good stuff on Bajent and Fields that we're going to air at 5 o'clock. It is a must listen. So there is, and by the way, he's a Padres season ticket holder. He wants a Cubs Padres Soto deal to go through. You should try to broker that. I know there's there's some buzz about that today. You know, and Jesse has told us that he believes there's going to be a big trade to go down for the Cubs, whether it's a Pete Alonso deal, maybe a Juan Soto deal, rather than a big free agent signing, which is which is odd. You could use a powerful left-handed stick in your outfield, couldn't you? Oh, we absolutely. Yeah, yeah you could use a lot. Um, so uh, it's a football Friday. If you want to weigh in, we're uninterrupted here to start the show. Tom Thayer is going to join us at 3 o'clock, a half hour away. Doug Kazarian at 4. I mentioned Daniel Jeremiah. What are you expecting here with a step? I, I, like We're all tempted to say a step up in class. On paper, they're a step up in class. On the stat sheet, they're not a step up in class. But as Waddle just mentioned during crosstalk, they have played better football teams as well. So that may be the reason why they're not quite a step up in class because they've played some really good offenses as well. But they have better, they're, they're a more talented team than the Raiders on paper. I'd much rather play the Raiders every week than the Chargers every week, that's for sure. Chargers team is, you know, they, they can still get you. This was a 10 and 7 team last year. They've gotten off to a, a slow start. They're 2 and 4. We've seen a lot of 2 and 4 teams in the past find a way to to become better teams as the season unfolds. So they've got a lot of guys, a lot of guys that that are really quality players. But, you know, the individuals have been more impressive than the collection of the entire 11, especially on defense. I don't know what to expect. I I think the Bears are going to cover. I think the Bears are going to compete. I I believe that Tyson Bagent is going to continue to look the part. Um, I don't think he's going to have a a destructive uh, game or anything like that. But, I, like, I'm still totally not sure. I've been fooled all year by this Bears team. Every time I think I know what I'm going to expect one week from the Bears, they surprise me. Every time I, I think they're going to arrive or or they're going to grow, they give me a stinker. And every time, like, I think they're totally counted out, they give me a Washington-type game. There's a lot of different aspects of this game that are quite intriguing to me. Like, how will this Bears defense? I think that their secondary can be pretty good. I think that with their healthy, they're an interesting crew. They're physical at the corner position. They do some really interesting things. Will they be able to contain this passing attack that does Light some folks up, and you're not going to get pressure from your front four. You just don't. So is Eberflus going to be aggressive? Is he going to be bring be bringing blitzes? Will they be able to get receivers off of their, you know, their routes? It's going to be that that portion of it's going to be very entertaining. And then watching the young quarterback play. Well, the Brisker uh, the, the Brisker stuff is well. not good. The Brisker stuff is not good. Him not practicing all week, and you you heard uh, Eberflus say that. You know, they're hopeful he'll obviously, I guess, fly there by himself. I don't think he'll fly with the team is the way he was making it sound. They'll try and get him there to the game. He's been out with an illness all week. He was at the building on Wednesday. He's been away from the team 
uh, with this illness. He did not practice all week. He's I been, wouldn't count on Eddie Jackson really either, especially yeah. on an artificial surface. And especially because he came back a couple weeks ago yeah. and then had to leave the game. You're going to want to get him. Isn't SoFi an artificial surface? Isn't that field turf? And it's just, I wouldn't be putting my money on Eddie. I would probably tell you I'd be more encouraged that Brisker would be there and play than Eddie based on the injury. But I don't know what Brisker's illness is. Maybe he's got the diarrhea. I don't know. Maybe he's got a stomach flu. I don't know what it is. I like the diarrhea. But I tell you what, he's a kid that also has shown you that even when he is facing adversity, he finds himself out there on the field. Right. He works through stuff. I know, but but every game, too. He does work through stuff, but then it's, you know, he had to leave that game, remember, with dehydration in Tampa. What? Uh, it, like halfway through the first Maybe quarter? he had the diarrhea in Tampa. He, he did have the diarrhea in Tampa. Not sure. But you're a better is, football team with him. Is the diarrhea like the diabetes? Um, Don't yeah. know. It hey is guys, uh, different ailments. Uh, Concurrent yes. night. Ailments. Uh, the interception total high. Is that because of the diabetes or the diarrhea? Uh, it is artificial turf at yeah. SoFi. Yeah, uh, hopefully Eddie can play. But um, what he played. Two series the week before? Yeah, One I, series? I, I, you got to be certain, don't you, with Eddie Jackson now? I would think so. Better Now you got to go a little bit later. After trying once before and him having to leave, like you don't want to continue with false starts with him. Don't you want to get him back eventually? I would think so. Uh, Bongwater Chad, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chad? Shalom, gentlemen. Happy Friday, boys. Happy Friday, you, brother. So I want to go on a, on a little bit of a rant here, and I just want your guys' take on it. So I've been listening all week, and ever since the Bears win, I'm listening to Bears fans argue like a bunch of middle school girls over Edward or Jacob. The field's truthers have come out and just completely gone against Tyson and vice versa. The, the field's haters have come out, and they're drawing a line in the sand on who should be the quarterback. While everyone is forgetting that this is a team that hasn't had a winning record since 2018, Mm -hmm. that we are right now the bottom of the NFL, and nationally we are a laughing stock. And and I'm listening to Bears fans argue about who should be quarterbacking the team. I don't care who's quarterbacking the team as long as we're getting wins. And I don't understand why all this is already starting when literally we've won five games in two years and haven't had a winning record since 2018. I just, I don't get it. I, I, I don't care who's back there. I want to see the Bears play competent football. I want to see them win. I want to see them be good, no matter who's at the helm. Amen. Yeah, I, and I think we, like, uh, Danny came up with the idea that we should maybe roll in a cut or two of the Daniel Jeremiah stuff. Um, about Bajent. Um and, and and we should do it like, and, and that's that's been my point this week. Uh, Bongwater Chad is that uh, like a lot of the fields haters have, or a lot of the fields supporters have hated on what Bajent did. Well, he only threw for one sixty two. Um, Daniel Jeremiah pointed out when we recorded with him that his start would have been good. His first start. For a first-round draft pick rookie. That's a good start for a first-round pick was his point. Not a, 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 That wasn't a good first start for an undrafted rookie. Daniel Jeremiah, who covers the draft, who has been a scout in this l- l- league, said that, t- that Tyson Bajan's first start is a good first start 
for a first-round draft pick in this league. And that he has already superseded what his scouting report was at the Senior Bowl and coming into the draft. Um, and then again, and for the, the, all the Bajan supporters who say, well, we should have, he should be the, the quarterback regardless of when Fields returns. Like, it's been one start. Let's, let's woe the thing, too. Let's not go from A to Z. Let's not skip steps on this thing. Let's see what happens in L.A. Let, let, let's see with, when, when things get a little hairier here. Let, let's not crown anybody quite yet. So it, it was a good start, and I think he deserves credit. But I still want to see Justin Fields back on the field. I need to see more of Justin Fields back playing for the Bears. It's what happens when you wander in the quarterback desert for 50-plus years. Absolutely it does. It, we're desperate. We're absolutely desperate. We need a guy. And we have continued to draft and fail and uh, wander and wonder why these guys have failed. Did Cutler fail because Cutler wasn't good? Did he fail because he wasn't supported right? Did he fail because the infrastructure wasn't good? Did he fail because of his attitude? Like, why? Did Mitch fail because he just wasn't the right guy and didn't play enough in college? Did we scout that whole thing wrong? We didn't. No, no. The, um, we is in the Bears. Right. I'm wearing my Bears hat today. I don't want any any blame for the Mitch Trubisky's decision to, to trade up and draft him. I want none is of this, that. Is it I a want whole, none of that smoke. Is it a systemic thing? Would one right choice have changed everything? Look, you've had a number of different front offices that have all made the same mistake. So it's it's hard to say that. I, I mean, finding the right guy is tough. It really is tough, but you should never stop looking. And I don't know that you blame the sins of of Ryan Pace on Ryan Poles or vice versa, or you know they just or or Jerry Angelo. These have all been individual decisions, and none of them have worked out. So just keep. Keep hunting for that answer at the most important position right, right. in all of sports. Right. You don't Whether just it stop. comes from a rookie undrafted free agent, however you feel about him, whether it comes from the guy you traded up for, whether it comes from the first or second pick in the draft next year, you shouldn't set the bar on just good enough. You should be looking for somebody that can take you to a place you haven't been before. And this isn't just a Chicago story, too. So Peter Schrager, who works for the NFL Network and does Good Morning Football, was on this is from Bill Simmons podcast, correct? Yes. So they're talking about this nationally. And I told you that Tariko joined us and Tariko said this is going to be their number one story on Sunday night football for the country. Pageant. This isn't this isn't a Chicago loves the backup quarterback story. This is they're talking about this nationally. Peter Schrager on the Bill Simmons podcast, a national podcast, not a Chicago podcast. Peter Schrager talking about Bajan's training regimen at Shepherd College. They don't have like a state-of-the-art facility. We see the Alabama stuff. At Shepherd University, there is a high school history teacher who built a man cave slash CrossFit thing. That's where the team trains. He built it. This guy who's a teacher at the local high school, not the college, not a professor, the local high school. He built it. And that's where the players train. And I posted the clip on my feed. He's talking to me about Tyson Bajant, how he works out during a college career. He's lifting logs of wood. This is Rocky Four. Logs Rocky of wood. Rocky Four. He's bench pressing logs of wood with his teammates. 
and their their workouts weren't let's run on the tr- the shred mill or the treadmill and we've got these guys at exos they would run to the to the shores of the potomac river which is like three miles from campus and they'd run and they'd jump in the water and they would swim in the potomac river and then get out of the potomac and then they hollowed out with their own hands and their own ingenuity a man-made cold bath out of the shores of the Potomac where they would go in and like that's how they would re like get their bodies back. Bill, this shit's crazy. It's crazy. This is what they're talking about on it's Good Morning Football. Made for TV. Like, and he's got to continue to hold up his end of the bargain. The Bears have to hold up his end of the bargain for it to go to the next spot. Logs of Wood, that's going to be the title of the, uh, the documentary, Logs of Wood. Logs of Wood. I think we could do better than Logs of Wood. <laughs> that's what Peter Schrager called it, Logs of Wood. Logs of Wood. Logs of Wood. <laughs> that was Schrager's. It wasn't me, that was him. Uh, Harding in Charlotte, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Harding? Hey, gentlemen. Hey, listen, so this conversation with Bayesian, it feels, is becoming nauseating, gentlemen. Um, when you think about it as a Bears fan, the goal is to see the Bears team win this uh, rebuild, reach a, a pinnacle of potentially a Super Bowl championship, right? And I want to make sure that we understand Bayesian did exactly what he needed to do. I like the moxie. I like the energy and the confidence. But at the end of the day, do we still have the same narrative if the Bears lose, right? Like if the defense decides to give up 50 points, and the the offense still does the run game as is. Bayesian does what he does as is with 162 yards. Do we still say he needs to have this fairy tale story written? It needs to be headlines. It needs to be this, that, and the other. I don't believe it does. I'm not a Fields apologist by any measure because I just want the Bears to win. If that ends up being with Caleb Williams, if that ends up being with Drake May, I don't care if they ended up being with Cam Newton. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But let's be realistic about the situation and say Bayesian can take steps forward as an undrafted uh, rookie. Bayesian can become something special potentially because the greatest quarterback of all time was drafted in the sixth round. Like, I get all of those stories, but come on, man. One win against the Raiders with 162 yards and he needs his fairytale script. This is almost worse than the Swifty situation with Chiefs. I'll talk to you guys later. i got to check out my son. He's getting his hair good. Thanks, Harding. Um, but again, remember, it, it, the same script wouldn't have played out if the Raiders are pushing the ball down the field. They're not going with a conservative game plan. And they may not if Justin Herbert is throwing the football down. He will be asked to do something different, and he may or may not be up to the task. We'll find and, out Sunday night. And, and then we'll find out. Like, I don't, I don't think it's that hard to to sort of understand that co- part of the conversation. This is truly not rocket science. It's it's really not. It, yeah, and it's and it's like the same stuff that we talked about with Justin as he came up. When Justin came up as a first round pick, when he threw for 111 yards and beat the Raiders, I was happy. He was he was in the beginning of his stages. Now he was the first round pick, and there were truly hopes for him being the guy. When the Bears would lose a shootout with him and he would play well, we always said the most important thing was Justin playing well. If they didn't win, it wasn't the biggest deal because we needed Justin playing well to know that he is the guy. And we still don't know if he's the guy here in what? Game seven? Or yeah, game, game eight of this year. Yeah. Um, Look, there's a very good chance that those of you who want to make your evaluation on him doing different things and other things, you'll get an opportunity at least to see some of that this week. Because the likelihood that the game will unfold differently in L.A., differently than it did here on the lakefront, it's a pretty good chance of that. 
that Raiders team wasn't very good, and they were led by a, a 38-year-old backup, lifetime backup quarterback. This is a Chargers team with a bad record, but a team that has the ability to put a number of points on the board. And if the Chargers get out to a lead here, they're going to have to push the ball downfield. So you'll get your opportunity to see what he can do in a different environment. It'll all play out over the course of the three and a half hours in Los Angeles. 312-332-3776. Tom Thayer is going to join us. If you want to weigh in on the quarterbacking uh, uh, discussion that we're having, what are you expecting from Bajent uh, this weekend? The it, This is not just a local story, as you can tell. We'll play you some of the stuff that Tariko had to say uh, coming up next as well. And then Thayer at three. Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Mike Tirico joining us. Where is uh, the Tyson Bajan story on your radar for this Sunday night? That's story number one. Let, let's just be, we're, we're long, long, long time friends. How long have you guys done this show now? Four million years. <laughs> it feels like yeah. for him. In Waddle years, yes. Almost 17 years, if you could believe it. Yeah, so I, I would say we, like, we, 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 all, we all go back to uh, uh, they were who we thought they were a game in 06. So we've been doing this for more than a minute together. So just, just as friends, I'd say it's probably the thing that has me the most excited about this game. It really is because you just don't see it. Now, you see undrafted guys pop on the radar. You see free agents pop on the radar. But there's no way that you think a month and a half into the season, an undrafted Division II player is going to be starting, let alone kind of fall into a primetime game on national TV. So, yeah, it's it's very, very intriguing. I think it's the most interesting aspect of the game nationally. Like, can this kid actually go out and do this again? And if so, what does that say? What does it mean? And it's just a really cool story of a guy in a day and age when college football is as saturated as ever on television. A guy that most people can honestly say we never saw him play college football um, and then show up here and win a couple NFL games. So I, I think for me, it's probably right at the top of the list going into Sunday night. I find it it's just odd like Harding's one of my favorite callers but when 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 a guy like that calls in and says he finds the story nauseating like, like, this, what, is what, this is a good sports story yeah, like, for a well, Sunday night game. I, I don't know how anyone can find the story nauseating the starting quarterback who we're trying to figure out if he's the long-term answer at quarterback is out and in the meantime an undrafted Rookie free agent from a Division II school. Did a really cool job in his first game. Played a clean, efficient game. And then for the ones who said that, well, you know, 162 yards, how how really good of a job is that? This is from, and and he'll join us at uh, 5 for the entire interview we'll play. We recorded it before the show. Daniel Jeremiah works for the NFL Network national entity he scouts for the nfl network the draft he is their expert when it comes to scouting he scouted the league um and scouts the prospects and ranks them all he scouted tyson bajant in college and and for the draft so this was his impression 
after his first game, Tyson Bajan playing in his first game. Listen to the what he says about his first game in the NFL. Well, he's far exceeded, I mean, an expectation for even, you know, if he was a first-round pick and that was his first start, that's a great start, you know. And then you look at, you know, where he came from and, uh, you know, kind of what the expectations were. And, it, I mean, I know it wasn't like he was chucking it down the field a ton. But, man, he looked comfortable. He looked poised. He was accurate. He was efficient. If I go back through my notes, uh, I just pulled them up here. You know, when you watched him at Shepard, it was a lot of, you know, in the gun, catch, rock, throw. You know, just, you know, get the ball out of your hands, get it out in space, and let guys run. I, the first game I watched was against Lock Haven. They were up 48 to nothing at halftime. Uh, so I, I literally wrote down in my notes, this is like watching somebody stroll through the park. This is how easy this is. This kid's kind of making this look at this level. You know, some athleticism, the zone read stuff you saw there, obviously all the passing records that he owns. And then saw him at the Senior Bowl, and I thought he was a little up and down uh, during the week, and then he played pretty well in the game. I thought, in my grade, says, I thought this guy is a late-round pick or a priority free agent who's going to hang on the practice squad for a while and maybe eventually – you know, develop into a backup quarterback. Well, after one game, that is a grossly uh, under underappreciated evaluation. He's way better than that. So uh, it's been fun, you know, although it's brief, it's been fun to watch him, you know, kind of uh, uh, buck uh, traditional wisdom on where he came from and how he's playing. This is a guy who works for the NFL Network who scouts the league and is the voice of the Chargers, who after one game says it's, it's all already grossly understated. And he also says... In the beginning, and I followed it up, and you'll hear more of that coming up at 5, that I wanted him to expand on his thought that for a first-round draft pick, that was a great start. And he expanded on that. The first two quarterbacks that were drafted this year in their first starts, Bryce Young was 20 of 38 for 146 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. C.J. Stroud was 28 of 44 for 242, zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Those are the two top-picked quarterbacks in the National Football League. That was, that was their first start. Where this goes on Sunday, we'll we will out. see. We will see. Tom Thayer will, will uh, tell us what he thinks uh, coming up. I also want to have a, a discussion with Thayer about uh, Jim Harbaugh, too, and cheating in the NFL and cheating in college football and if he thinks this is a big deal or not. Because he's a man with strong opinions. And um, I want to know what he thinks on this matter. We've talked a lot about it, but uh, Thayer is a guy who will have strong takes. I think Former teammate of, uh, of Jim Harbaugh's oh, as well good. for several so, years. So we'll talk to Thayer about that and the Bears and Chargers coming up next.